This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Now, today, uh, Niall has been transformed. <laughs> um, in fact, now, unfortunately, Niall can't join us because uh, for the first time in over three years, um, turn that phone off, please. For the first time. <laughs> highly professional, <laughs> highly professional. Hi- highly professional, just, uh, just <laughs> turn my team off. They give me evils. Um, so the first time in over three years, not, well, we haven't, we're not a threesome. <gasps> no. Well, we are. It's just not a threesome, but, but Nile has changed form. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, Nile has got a very um, uh, contagious uh, throat infection or something similar. It's not COVID, uh, it's not COVID but it sounds like death doors. And uh, and to be fair, we didn't have an episode for next week, so um, we decided to do one anyway. Um, so uh, Nile, wherever you are, get better, feel better soon. And uh, all the property jammers out there, if you could please pull all your love together and throw it towards um, uh, where does he live? Wandsworth, Greenwich. Excuse me, he's not in Wandsworth. I'm in Wandsworth. He's in Lewisham. Yeah. <laughs> you can throw all your throw all your love and energy and healing power towards Lewisham. That'd be wonderful. Oh. Um, so Niall, get better soon. We look forward to having you back um, ASAP. But in the meantime, we have uh, a bit of a special guest. In fact, he's a returning guest, um, a huge f- uh, friend and fan of the podcast. If I say. Oh, they might be speaking out of turn there. Uh, we have Sam Norris um, of Game of Loans podcast and YouTube and, and all of that jazz uh, joining us uh, again. So hi, Sam. Welcome back. Hi. Yeah, I, I was desperately just wanting to to chime in there. And I was just like, I can't. I've got to wait for the actual <laughs> intro to finish. Um, Do it. Yeah, it's good to be yeah. back. It's good to be back. Good to see your smiling faces. Obviously, only two of the three. But as uh, Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Oh, what a great little reference. I love that. Nice. I use that a lot. I use that Thank a lot. You. You? Really? Mainly, mainly, mainly because I'm not into perfection. Two out of three ain't bad. You know, it's fine. Coming from a mortgage broker. <clears throat> yeah. Every every two of my of three, every three clients gets a good service from me. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, two out of uh, every three mortgage is the right numbers at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's potluck, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, it's, well it's, it's, I'm not saying it's good. It just ain't bad. You know. Ain't bad. Got it. Ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what all yeah. of your testimonials and re- reviews say? It's just like, I mean, it, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, but it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Would well, I, I go that's... back? Yes, I'd just be slightly apprehensive. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, I did. I, we didn't ask you how you weren't. Yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so, so yeah, well, Joe, on. you drive. Well, I was, was going to say you drive, but actually, I've okay, got I can drive. Uh, well, I want to drive. Let me drive. No. <laughs> it sounds like me and the missus on a trip down to London. <laughs> To be fair, this is what happened when Niall's not here. It's going to be oh like... God, it's a, he, he was like the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say, so you came on before and it yeah. was... 2020. You on. It was episode 39, which we re-released uh, last week. So Property Jammers, this is a revisitation of Sam Norris. Two whole... Well, two more than two years later. Yeah. Um, when we've kind of gone 
past covid we've kind of gone past that and but we find ourselves in completely weird times so i want to get into all of that stuff with you over the course of the episode but i also want to know how the fuck are you because i don't even feel like you do game of loans podcast anymore have you just moved on are you doing i saw something about pots and pans podcast we know you're still a broker now you're doing pots and pans postcard i don't know what are you doing what's what's your life who are you There's, uh, do you know what? Like, load, load, loads has happened. I think the last time we spoke, the last time we did did one, we actually did a joint um, episode, oh. and I released it on Game Loans as well. And I remember, I'm pretty certain they're both episode 39, and it was really creepy. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, and it was really weird. Um, but no, Game Loans is still is still coming out. I just don't do it as regularly as I used to. I I, I will get back to doing it every single week, but. You know, the last couple of weeks, victim of our, our own success, Grand Union Finance has really gone from strength to strength. We've gone from a, um, I bought out my business partner since we last spoke. Um, I've built the team up to five, um, including myself. So things are really, you know, all guns blazing, really, really good. And you know what? I, I bloody love doing it. So it, it invariably takes up a lot of my time. You know, the YouTube stuff, the Instagram stuff, all great networking, all that all that jazz is, is fantastic. But, you know, 90% of my time now is is... Um, you know, thrust into uh, into Grand Union Finance full time. So it's been a cracking couple of years, to be quite honest with you. And um, I probably don't sit back enough and actually go, yeah, that's been pretty good, isn't it? A lot. I'm always thinking about the next step, next step, next step. Um, you know, we've, we've literally just hired somebody new. So that was like another step. We've just got some office space in Solihull. That was another step, you know. So I'm always thinking about the next big thing and the next step. And, and I don't really take too much time to sit back and go, yeah, well done, mate. You've done all right. You know what it sounds like? Sounds like you need a holiday. Oh, I, mean, do you, I am actually do you have any holidays holiday like next that? week. And me and the missus have already had the discussion because we're going on Monday for a week in the lakes. And I've just asked my ops manager to change our kind of weekly um, meeting schedule so that we have every every. <laughs> Uh, meeting on a Monday and then I revealed that to my wife who said Sam you know we're traveling on Monday and I, was like, oh, I thought we were traveling on Sunday no 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 we're traveling on Monday so there we go that's all that's all gone really really well <laughs> <laughs> to kick things off with um, but professional yeah, life we, we, has we, taken off and personal life is now currently on a downward spiral it's just it's just it's just meandering along I think is is the is the way of putting it. Certainly need to put a bit more effort into the into the personal life. I think um, I'm sure Mrs. Okay. Norris would be very happy to hear about that too. Mrs. Norris, <laughs> you can use this recording as evidence. I wonder yes. how many episodes of your of podcast that you're on, Mrs. Norris, actually cares to listen to. Um, I think we're in minus numbers, actually. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. It's all <laughs> solid. It's all solid on the personal front then. <laughs> Wow. So you've been busy. You've been a busy. Yeah. I feel because I watch your Instagram a lot and um, yeah, you're just Stalker. like bopping around between like Birmingham and London, really, aren't you doing your thing? Yeah. I mean, it's still I think it's still we're a hunt. We are a 100 percent remote company. You know, yeah. the person we've just hired lives in Colchester. Um, our other broker who came on board about four or five months ago, Chanel, she's just outside of Cardiff. So um. We one of the great things actually about starting the business during COVID was we were we were kind of forced to be a remote company, forced to be paperless and you know and all this kind of stuff. So it was actually a massive bonus really that that we started the company in that in that time. And then what we've what we've I've just sort of seen really is that as it's progressed and as it's become well certainly since I bought out my business partner and then Ruby who was 
effectively our, our in-house administrator and case manager has now become such an important part of the company as, as our operations manager. It's just it's really important for me to have some face time with her um, you know, at least once a week. Um, that might change in the future. In fact, it probably will change because actually it'll be more important for her to have FaceTime with other people rather than me. Um, but as she's become kind of more managing the day-to-day -day operations of the business, which is which she is doing an amazing job at, better, better than me, actually, to be honest. Um, it's But it's just important to have that FaceTime. So yeah, I, I'm, as you say, bopping around uh, a little bit. And we're probably not going to have the office space in London for a with it, you know, we're probably going to give that up within the next six months. Um, anyway, we've got the new space in in the Midlands, which is which is much better for me. Um, and um, and really, I think I want the company to be more Birmingham centric um, with long term, you know, satellites maybe um, around the country. But you know what, look, my, London is money, you know. So so being able to go in and around London and meet people and and uh, and do all that kind of stuff is is massively important i'm back down i've just booked a train i'm actually taking a train rather than driving um on thursday so um so yeah I'll, i'm back down again plus i've still got loads of friends and family i'm from north london originally so yeah. you know going down there and, and also hello 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 we have been i know what you're gonna say i know what you're gonna say for a hundred freaking years man like we do we it's always it's always like a yeah no i'm in london yeah me too oh okay great let's and then something always happens you cancelled on me last time joe let's just put that be, out there okay right so you're moaning you're moaning but you know who who really is to blame for this situation? Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'll take that one for the team. But we've got to sort this out because if if I've got six months, we've got six months, man, to kind of just make one encounter happen. One. <laughs> I think I remember saying like, so whenever whenever anyone says to me, "Oh yeah, we we should meet up for a, for a beer," I'm like, right, okay, magic word has been said, beer. Yeah. So so I'm in. Yeah. You know, whoever you are, I'm in. Unless you're you know a, a client that badges me that never does any business with me, I'm in. You know that's uh, that's usually the way of, of of getting me to meet up with you is the promise. Is a client who badges you who doesn't do any business with you actually a client? No, I think I just put them under the umbrella um, of. I think you needed. I think you need a different word for them. Yeah, annoying. Just call them badgers. Beer badger. A beer badger. Yeah, I've got two. I've got two at the moment who they, they they worked their way through the web um, to 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 have chats with me, Zoom calls, etc. And um, usually my radar is pretty good for because um, as brokers look, and, and I don't, I don't discourage this by the way for anyone listening that that is in look is looking for a broker or works with with one or two or however many brokers. There's nothing wrong in having maybe a couple that you go to. I think you should always have your primary, um, and you know you might have different brokers, different things. Like we occupy the specialist space. Chanel, who I've brought in, is basically doing all the residential stuff that we do now because she's better at it than I am. So um, it, it makes a lot of sense. But if you have somebody that you've been doing your residential mortgages with, then great. But if they can't do the buy-to-let stuff or the bridging or whatever, then have to have another one. A little bit same with solicitors and all that kind of stuff. But I am pretty good at sniffing out when people are just wasting my time because, and it sounds awful, and it, and it actually makes me feel awful saying it because there was a time back when I first started where having just one client was like gold dust. I can't remember if I actually told you the story when of me getting my first ever client. Yeah, I think you did actually on the, on the, on the episode. Walking yeah. in the rain and, and all that sort of stuff. So I understand, you know, how important an inquiry really is. It, it's, it's nothing to be sort of brushed under the carpet, but at the same time, the other end of the spectrum, and I guess it's in any, any walk of life, you've got to be able to weed out those people that are just wasting your time and have absolutely no intention to work with you. And also 
you've got to think the way I see it is they're kind of ta- they're taking the piss because they are waste. They know they're wasting your time. And so they don't necessarily deserve it as a result. And I, I hate saying stuff like that. It makes me feel like a... Like an no, it's not. It's, it's important, isn't it? To, to know know the difference between someone that is genuine and someone that is just going to waste your time. Yeah, definitely. And people do. I mean, honestly as well, because with your business, really, you don't get paid until, you know... The very point. end. The yeah. bitter end. I don't anyway. <laughs> it all goes oh, to everyone else. Oh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'll pay for the beer when we meet. It's fine. Oh, oh, thanks. We'll go Weatherspoons. Yeah, but yeah. it's two ninety nine or whatever. Perfect. Happy yeah. well, well, speaking speaking of offices, um, we have had a similar trajectory as in um, in the pandemic. We we'd started, but then needed to go virtual, and decided we were going to stay virtual. And then got to a certain point, where we were like, okay, we're we're missing the the speed at which you can work when you're face to face. So um, quite often things can get resolved, things can be brainstormed and a quick answer where you, you can get it there and then. So we're actually moving back into an office um, in the next few weeks. So um, we're hoping to be in there today, but um, the uh, the agency that, that um, is dealing with the office is apparently they've all got COVID. So um, they're <laughs> really behind the curve with it. They obviously need to sort out their systems and processes then to make sure they can what? still work, even though everyone is, is off ill, you know? Oh, Correct. I think it's like a one, one Fundamental person. business, you know? Tips. Your COVID, your COVID recovery plans and all of that, yes, business continuity plans. Oh my um, god, I'm already asleep. I know. <laughs> this is not so why we this got could, you on the podcast. If anyone's struggling to to sleep at night or whatever at the moment, there's cost of living prices going on. Just turn this on. Um, but my point, on, my, 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 my point was, we're moving, we're moving into a, an office, and it's opposite weather spoons. Oh, oh okay, really generous, yeah, but love it. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the spoons. I actually remember when I first moved up to the Midlands, um, went to where, where my wife grew up. We went there and, and, and went, went into the spoons there. And when I sent a picture of the, of the price list to my mates, they <laughs> went, why do they only serve half pints? That was the actual response. Because they were so cheap, they just assumed that they only served half pints. Where was this? And then when I, when I was just, I was like, "Come, you know, come on, you, you take the piss." I'm like, no, that was that was my genuine first thought was, "What's going on there?" Because you know, h- half a pint of lager or whatever is like one one pound nineteen or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which name and shame the Weatherspoons? Which one is it? It's Bromsgrove, Bromsgrove. I I didn't have a particularly great evening um, because I went in there, obviously saw it was so cheap, and decided to um have a have a, a shot with every pint that I had just to make up the money to the right amount that I was used to <laughs> so um, so the beginning was great. Like the best night ever don't remember the rest of it I was going to say that's just that's just carnage isn't it yeah that's just so I, th- I think we probably need to bring it back to um the reason why people probably listen to the episode today oh, Sam sure which yeah. is which is um uh, maybe talking a little bit about what's going on out there at, right now and what what we're seeing um happening so Sam as of the beginning of November 2022, what's happening? Or what have you seen? Just give us a potted history of the last three months. Yeah, it's, do you know what? We, we, I've been doing this for now for 16 years. Bearing in mind, during that time, I've gone through credit crunch, Brexit, COVID. I've never seen anything like this. It's um, it's really, really tough. Um, and I think that there's, there's just a lot of, I, I believe miscommunication in the media. Um, I mean, as there always is, but, but but definitely more so at the moment. Essentially, what has happened is um, we, we the best way of fighting inflation, or the traditional way of fighting inflation, is to raise interest rates. Of course, that is going to have a knock-on effect to mortgage rates. There is a kind of an in-betweeny bit that isn't necessarily spoken about too much, which is that the you know the 
lenders don't go right okay bank of england just put up their rate by half a percent therefore we're going to just put all our rates up by half a percent it's it's very much down to how much how much it's going to cost them to borrow that money to then lend out so there there is like a little middle section to this which is the interbanking swap rates um and i often say this is it's a great um example to, to to take it all the way back to the credit crunch because if you remember there was a massive there's a lot of uproar as to why the government were bailing out rbs at the time and actually the real reason behind that is because rbs probably when you when you when you filter all the money back um from all the different various lending sources that we have quite a large proportion of that originates from rbs in some capacity they are a huge huge source of liquidity into our market so not bailing them out and not having that opportunity would have probably caused us one of the biggest property disasters in history um so the government absolutely did the right thing to there to do it but as effectively how that money trickles down to you know whichever lender it might be be it you know one of the specialist lenders like a precise or um lamb bay or in uh, lend invest or one of these it's gone through a few different you know lending models before that to to get through or mechanisms i should say to get through to that so Basically, what I'm saying is it's not quite as straightforward as just saying, right, Bank of England puts the base rate up, therefore mortgage rates go up. And that's where a lot of this misunderstanding has come from as to why the Bank of England base rate is 2.25, yet some lenders are lending money out at 6, 7, 8%. What, you know, what's going on? Are they just trying to make as much money as possible? No, it's because they are similar to the rates that they're able to actually get hold of cash to then sort of get out the door themselves um, and it all comes through to these swap rates and you get them at one two three five seven and ten year kind of um rates uh that, that are fixed on a kind of hourly daily basis um and 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 that's what it is and, and essentially what happened was we had that kind of i don't want to say black tuesday because that sounds that sounds even worse than it that it was but we had a dark tuesday where you know nearly a thousand mortgage products got pulled from the market and the reason for that was lenders just didn't know how to price their mortgages and so they just went right we're just gonna take a leave of absence for a week and we're just gonna see how this settled we had the bank of england base rate went up by uh, 0.5 day after that the, the the disastrous mini budget occurred both did not sit with each other and effectively what that that sent a very clear message to the international economic community that England and then Great Britain had no bloody clue what they were doing um which led to a mini run on the pound um and we saw you know um various different things happen that that, that effectively just led to those swap rates going into haywire and uh and it, and it meant the lenders just could not lend for that period of time and like with anything, they've, they've, they've come back in. There's not as many products now as there was, you know, a couple of months back, but it's slowly but surely getting back to there. And, and when, when lenders come back, you know, you, you you don't know how to, you know, where where these swap rates are going to finish. So you come in with a five-year fixed rate, you go, well, let's, we need to lend some money. So let's just stick it at seven and a half percent and see what happens. And people have been taking out those rates. So, you know, those lenders are you know, are, are able to get rid of the money that's sitting in their bank account waiting to be lent out, albeit they've got to do it at, at higher rates than they, than they want to. Lenders don't want to be lending money at that those rates. They want to be lending money, you know, at, at four or five percent, I think. But at the moment, the mechanism isn't there. I do believe that post-budget, there's got to be a, um, you know, there's got to be an improvement in the market. So I'm actually telling a lot of my clients at the moment, let's just let's see what happens um the yeah. rishi effect is already starting to take place whether you like him or not 
as an individual, the calmness that he brings to the to our market, I think is um, is having a positive effect. And I do think that we're we're moving in the right direction, whether it's quickly or slowly. But that was yeah. my very very long, <laughs> very quick uh, sort of breakdown of what's going on. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we, we've uh, been tracking that swap rate for a little while now and um, just to kind of see what's going on and see what impacts the, um, because the, the, we've got the Bank of England, um, by the time this has come out, we'll have probably raised interest rates again. Yeah. Um, but because the swap rate has come down quite a bit since Trustonomics, um, that Black Tuesday, whatever it was. Um, I like that. I've not come across that before. Trustonomics, I like that. Trustonomics. Um, so, yeah, since then, um, I, yeah, but, but do you think that, rates will check move that much with an interest rate rise or do you think they'll probably just settle for a while at where they are now i i'm i'm actually desperately hoping that they come down ever so slightly um because i think you know the average rate across the market is around the six six just over six percent um it's not sustainable it just isn't um what the what joe public and a lot of people that are listening to this won't be joe public um you know they will be very very understanding of the fact that you know we, we we live in a world where the property market's got to be strong, the rental market's got to be strong, all that kind of stuff. Our rental market's in 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 a bit of a, a tiz it's at the moment. Horrendous, yeah. Um, it's it's really bad, and it's just not being spoken about. All all everyone's speaking about is poor renters having to pay more. Well, yes, I appreciate that, but landlords are not to blame for that. The really tough um you know taxation and 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 all the different regulation that's been brought in over the last few years by various governments and various chancellors is to blame yeah. for the poor rental market the the deficit in the number of rental properties available is at growing by the second um and of course that's going to lead to increase in in pricing because it's supply and demand we've had this issue in the sales market and you know coupled with that we've got you know we've got a mortgage market which I worked this out with somebody recently. If you work out the average yield of a property in the UK and therefore then work out what the average price of a buy-to-let um, property in the UK is on a standard, on a current standard rental calculator, which is what lenders obviously use to work out how much you can borrow, you can't get to 75% loan to value, wow. which that is a major problem that no one is talking about. So if if we've got, I mean, I've got it right right now. One of my one of my favourite clients. Um, he's definitely not on the uh, on the list of people I don't want to go for a beer with. I'll go for a beer with him any day of the week. Um, I've just had to go back to him and said, mate, I'm really sorry, but you know, you've, we're refinancing, and I know that you need to refinance, but the best option for you right now is actually to pay down your mortgage by twenty grand to get hold of this rate. And he's gone. Well, I'll do it. Like, I mean, he's a he's he's a, he's a great investor and he's in a position to be able to do that. And he knows it's be, is best for him long term. So, you know, when, when we're in that situation, that will force. You know, we talk about mortgage rates going up, meaning that residential buyers can't buy or residential owners can't remortgage and having to sell and being forced to sell. The same thing is going to happen in the, in the rental market, and there are going to be fewer yeah. landlords. And it just and then it just spirals and it just gets worse and worse and worse. The government need to help landlords plug that gap. They need to give them some tax breaks. They and, and I think the first thing to do is to sort out the mortgage market. Um, you know, potentially look at incentivizing certain products um, to to help the lenders offer better priced buy-to-let 
products with lower stress tests, which allows lenders, you know, which allows uh, borrowers to get landlords to get to 75% loan to value. That's where we're all aiming for. And once that is sorted, I don't actually think landlords are that crazy about rates anyway. It's all about cash flow. It's all about making the deal work, in my opinion and my experience. Um, so they're not going to get as scared by a rate that begins with a four or five, as long as they can get the money that they want and they get the cash flow that they need. And, and then they're then they're all good. Um, you know, residential buyers will think in a slightly different different way. So I think that's the thing that the I'm really hoping something comes up in the budget that that will facilitate that happening. Whether or not it does or not remains to be seen. But that's what needs to happen. We we need a stronger mortgage market from a buy to let perspective, and we need to support our landlords. And we need more. We need more landlords. We need more professional landlords. That's what we need. Oh, um, and yeah. unfortunately, that's not the direction things are going at in the moment. It just isn't. And I think this is the thing. And I, you can feel that everyone's in sort of panic stations at the moment. We had this conversation on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's like okay, yeah, times have been hard over the past few years. If you're getting into property for the first time, right? There's always been something. I mean, when we got in, so what 2015 time, there were its challenges. But actually, compared to now, it's a dream. But it has just been one thing after the other. First of all, there was Brexit, then there was you know, it's just like COVID. Then there's a cost of living crisis, and then there's like, you know, the utilities crisis on the back of everything with the Ukrainian and and Russian war, and and everything is just like harder and harder and it's the compound effect of all of those challenges and it's like matt was saying he was like actually can we just admit that it's fucking hard now to be a landlord <laughs> it's just really really difficult um and especially because the world of finance follows so many other things you know because then you've got bigger things on the horizons as well the pressures that we're under as landlords to have sustainable properties and how finance is going to be linked to that you know, so you've got future pressures, you've got current pressures, and it's just, it's really hard to sell that dream to people who are trying to get into this as a way of creating a legacy for them and their family, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm still a massive fan of property, you know, yeah. it's still a, you know, a fantastic um, wealth, wealth builder and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's just, I just think that right now, landlords need to be that more creative and i think that we need we need a mortgage market that supports that you know the amount of times i have to um un, undo some of the you know i get clients come to me that have just been on certain courses and, and things like that and they're like oh so i'm gonna do this 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 and this this and i'm like okay well you do realize you're not getting funding for that in your current situation because you've got no experience and mm -hmm. and i break their hearts and, and, I, and i have to be the villain um but but really what I what when I'm saying that it's I'm not saying well you shouldn't no. I'm saying you can't right now yeah. and then we put a plan together to get to where they need to be even though it, they might have to do a few stages you know before mm -hmm. they get there but I talk to lenders all the time and I think I must annoy a lot of lenders because I'm always talking to them about products I'm always talking to them about, about, about criteria I want lenders to do better I want there to be more opportunities I want there to be you know Social housing as a, is a great example at the moment. The lending for social housing is absolutely crap. I don't know how much I can swear, but crap is. Oh, the worst. I just dropped yeah, the F bomb, babe. Go hard. All oh, right, it's yeah. shit. It's really shit, and <laughs> and it really annoys me. And I and I talk to lenders all the time about this. And I know sometimes you're not talking to the right person, and it, it's just you know you, it's falling on deaf ears essentially. But the 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 amount of strategies that creative property investors come up with, that, and they're let down 
by lenders. We look, we are lucky. We have more lenders in the UK probably than the rest of Europe combined. So we are lucky from that point of view. And it's a very secure lending market as well. There is, you know, there's, we know because it takes so bloody long just to get a remortgage through. (laughs) That is for for security purposes. You know, there is lots of due diligence that goes into these things. You know, we have an FCA and a PRA, the two governing bodies looking out for borrowers. Um, So it's very secure and, and we have plenty of options. My annoyance is we might have a lot of options from a, in terms of numbers of products, but how many options do we have in terms of variety of criteria and products? It's good. It's not good enough. And that's where, you know, I, I do. I, do you know what? I, you know, not, not wanting to come across too like I'm, I'm trying to change the world type thing. But one of the things I'm trying to do with Grand Union is if I can get my team to be able to get to a point where they don't need me for large proportions of the week, it allows me to go and actually speak to lenders more and, you know, try and try and get the message through that they need to be, you know, try and get them to support our, our landlords more and, and do more of that kind of stuff. Cause it's something I genuinely really believe in. Um, and, uh, and look, if I can do that, obviously it gives me a bit of kudos in terms of building the company and, and all that kind of stuff. But I just help, I think it helps our clients be more successful. And if they can be more successful, then I've done my job right. And so I, I just, I do think, as I said, I think we've got a good mortgage market, but I just think it could be so much better. I think there's so much more opportunity that's just not being explored. Um, and it move, it doesn't move quick enough, in my opinion. But there we go. I'll get off the soapbox now. Love it. No, I completely, I completely agree. It's, um, it's a lot of, um, lot of the same. It's like, yeah, everything's really bland. The most of the mortgage market is just, just, it's like what we call them like beige boxes, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, your bland, like vanilla mortgage. You know, what what we need is is the creative ones, and you know, maybe a situation like this is a great opportunity for lenders who now have to get creative because they have to lend. Um, lenders must be aware of this rental cover, um, you know, issue. Yeah, you know, something which is as um. I've started talking about um, quite well. Started to talk about in in stuff that we do, um, because I've actually I've just recorded a whole load of videos just this morning saying how HMOs are the only property strategy which is going to work in 2023 because of the only strategy which got enough cash flow to sustain and to sustain rental cover um, yeah. and actually make a profit. So it's um, it's that that's an important thing that people are going to be attracted to, um, but. Yeah, there's just not enough out there in terms of you know creative thought. Um, a lot of a lot of the you know, lenders do sit in ivory towers and go and just look at the spreadsheets and go, okay, how are we doing this? How are we doing that? Um, so they need the pressure. They need to see that their business model is in jeopardy in order to start to think outside the box. You know what? Let's 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 put a little bit of a positive spin on what you've just said. There is a great opportunity with HMOs. A hundred percent, there is. Um, and the mortgage market for HMOs is relatively strong um, because it's a mature market now. The the lend, you know, you go back not not really that long ago, and to get a a mortgage just for you know for for a, a sui generis HMO, you had to go to a commercial lender. You don't need to do that anymore, you know, depending on the number of rooms. So that's a real positive. And the amount of standard residential stock that will be coming back on the market in twenty twenty three for a lot of the reasons that we've already spoken about is 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 massive i mean i think there was i read something the other day which said that the average um estate agent um in all march august this year it, sorry march april this year it was i think average 20 properties per per agency 
that is now 30 properties averaging per agency that they have on the market to sell. So clearly there is more stock available, which represents massive opportunity, not necessarily. Yes. Okay. It will do a little bit maybe for the buy to let landlords because yields stay the same or go up slightly because the rental market's strong. The values of properties are coming down. So as a result, you know, maybe that cash flow comes back, but where it really represents the opportunity is in HMO because, you know, there are still vast areas of the country that do not have article four. Um, so, you know, PD rights, C3 to C4, you know, make that conversion, as you say, um, yield goes through the roof. Um, and it's not, I know that you're mess, might disagree with me slightly, Matt, because I know that you're, you're at the level that you work to in your HMOs is, mm. is literally, as it says behind you next level, um, it's top, 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 top end. Um, but you know, there is, there's a massive opportunity there. Those conversions, when you've got a format, you know, I've got loads of clients that every single one of their HMOs looks exactly the same. They've got a format, they've got a built in, in and out, you know, they'll do that conversion in, in less than a couple of months. And, and being able to do that and understanding how you can finance those, be it through angel investment, bridging loans or whatever to start with. And then, and then obviously the refinance process, once you get that in place, I do, I do agree with you. I think HMO is a great growth area um, next year. I guess the only comeback to that is is that, as you've you've said on a number number of occasions in the past, you just have to think about your competition, um, and you've got to beat it at every every level. So um, you know, as much as you know, there's a lot of positive there, you know, I guess that the little bit of, of added extra is it's not easy, but nothing worthwhile ever is. So I, I agree with you. I think there's a great opportunity coming up. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be cutting edge. It's got to have your own USP on it. It's got to be all the other kind of magnolia boxes out there. Uh, but it's also got to be pivotable. So it's also, you know, COVID proved that point. If you've got an HMO, you need to be able and, and one market fails for whatever reason, some external factor, it's got to be suitable for multiple markets. And that's what makes your asset weatherproof, you know. Um, yeah. And there's a lot to think about. And again, that you were saying that sort of links to people getting skilled up and knowing what they're doing ahead of entering into this you know it's you can't just assume you can start up there you've got to kind of cut your teeth and get it right with the basics first especially at the moment when the market's so nuts but then that's getting harder to do because the, <laughs> because of the, the way the, the the finance world is i know I, I i'm 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 really i don't like to use the word hopeful that often because yeah. i like to deal in you know in uncertainties and facts and all that kind of stuff but at the moment, I do feel like, yes, Matt's already alluded to it, um, you know, at the time of recording, we, we're beforehand, but I think on the third, the Bank of England is going to raise its base rate, but we don't know how much by, I'm predicting 0.75. Um, but, well, know. to hedge bets, I just recorded a video at 0.5, at 0.75 and at 1, just so. We've, we've, <laughs> oh, nice! Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I, again, to use that term hopeful, I'm hopeful they don't go up by 1. Um, yeah. I think that might cause a, a bit of a panic. I, I really hope, really, what I, what I actually really am hopeful for is that the Bank of England are just talking to the government, um, and you know all the all the adults get around the table and just and just actually have a discussion about this, so that um, we don't have a similar situation. I mean, I think Rishi was was correct in pushing back the budget because we could have had a repeat performance uh, whereby we had a base rate increase and then a budget announcement pretty much within a few days of each yeah. other, um, and and we just we just go around in circles then. So he's he's done the right thing there. Um, and also, I guess, possibly even if they aren't talking to each other, which I know that they're meant to be independent, um, but if they're not talking to each other, at least any plans that that the government have got, which that which they are set to announce in the budget, they can adjust 
accordingly to what the Bank of England do. Mm. Um, but as I said, I mean, I, I'd actually be really happy if it just went up by 0.5. I actually don't think that raising the base rate at the moment is having the impact on inflation that the, 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 the Bank of England were hoping to do. And I think they've played a lot of their cards. You know, we've had quantitative easing. That didn't work. Um, we've had uh, we've had rate base rate rises continuously and quite, you know, knee jerkingly. Um, that isn't working. We've got to do something slightly different. So um, all that they are doing, you know, they they want at the moment by by raising the base rate, and this is what a lot of people aren't speaking about. Continually raising the base rate will entice more people not to spend money. Exactly. And we need people to spend money and invest and all this kind of stuff to you know to build our our economy. So by raising the base rate and continually to do so, all they're doing is they're helping savers save money more, which is great. You know, happy, you know, well done, well done to those people that are saving money. Um, but really we want them out spending it. Um, and that's what, you know, raising the base rate is going to, is going to nullify a little bit. So I am hopeful, I'm, I would be over the moon if it only went up by 0.5. Yep. I think it'll be 0.75, but I wouldn't be surprised by one. I'd be disappointed in one. Um, but there we go. Well, sometimes these things um, need to be done short and sharp so that we know what's going on. So um, if we didn't have Liz Truss, then, and if Richard won back then, I don't think he would have had the same support of his own party. Um, having six weeks of Trussonomics means that everyone's gone, holy shit. Um, what have we, we done? We can't, we can't mess around like this. So therefore, pretty much everyone fell in line and now he'll get exactly what he wants for the next two years yeah. and then if that's enough they might have a chance of winning the next election but um that's well, i've predicted i i actually predicted i said i said to somebody recently rishi could come in get our economy back on track and be a bit of a an economic superhero yeah and then get voted out of the next election. Because, That's what I think is going to happen. Because a lot, because a lot of what he will have to do, and, and not just him, you know, obviously his his cabinet, what they will have to do is it's not going to be popular. Yeah. You know, everyone wants everyone wants everything that they want all the time. And yeah. it's okay, during COVID, right? We want you to spend loads of money on making sure that our businesses don't go out of business. You know, we're not unemployment doesn't uh, doesn't skyrocket and all this kind of stuff, which they did. Yeah. And now it's like it's almost a little bit like um the public want. To, to to max out their credit cards and then go oh no, no i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna pay it back no, no yeah. I've, spent, I've spent your money yeah um and and yeah can, i'm just gonna go to some agency that's gonna wipe my debt for me or whatever yeah. that's that's what that's essentially what the public are are i get the feel as though that's what they expect that's just not how it works the government had to put themselves in serious debt change a lot of economic policy put back a lot of the stuff that they wanted to do for economic growth in the uk to adjust and to look after you know the man on the, and the woman on the street during covid and quite rightly too but there has to be a payback for that and unfortunately what that will be is increased taxes and you know less less public spending and we just have to get our head around the fact that's the right thing to do um and the right thing to do isn't what some people called Keir are telling us to do which is a general election that would be a stupid idea yeah. everyone takes their eye off the ball for six six weeks while we get a general election in place and we spend loads of money on it which we don't have and um, we, we've got to just trust one person or a cabinet of people to get on with the job now um you know it's a little bit like switching football managers every five minutes you can't do that you've got to give someone the job and um and and, and let them see it through two years let's see what they can do 
do I think the economy is going to be better in two years time? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, this is what we were talking about on the previous episode. In my mind, I've got a two year tread water plan. I've got a two year tread water plan in mind. And I'm just sort of thinking it's just a case of maximizing your cash flow the best you possibly can so that your business remains sustainable and you know I don't know I mean applying a slightly different strategy with acquisition maybe lower loan to values just whatever you can do just to make it work right so in my head managing my investors expectations everything in this like two-year lockout and I suspect we will be in a very different place in two years time how that's going to work politically I'm with you I don't 100% know but I think what's going to happen is Rishi's going to save the day I think he is going to do a superhero thing he's already won that badge of honor during COVID, because every time he got up, he was just like, everyone was just like, oh, yes, oh, Richard, oh, amazing, he fixed everything, yes. And then I think he's still got that reputation. You know, he was all like, oh, we're going to give money no, here. I mean, I mean, where, 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 where are you from? You know, you go... It depends. But generally speaking, I think when it was all like it was dishing money out, Rishi Dishy was dishing out the cash and people, you know, self-employed were the last ones to get fed. But ultimately they got there in the end. And I think he, he managed to kind of get a bit of trust and credibility there on the money side. In terms of leadership, it is a slightly different ball game. The only reason he's sprung board into position now is because Liz made such a fucking hash of it. I'm so annoyed as a woman as well. Really upset me that that went wrong anyway. Um, but I don't know if she was, the wrong, she was the wrong woman wrong woman and it's so annoying but still it is what it is and I think in a couple of years time politically it could either be the, the country's going to have fatigue and they're going to be looking to blame somebody and potentially the conservatives are going to be the punch bag for that and it could completely go the opposite way yeah. they're like let's go left let's go left we'll see what happens um but, that, but that's it this is this is the the annoying thing about being a Brit I guess is that nothing's ever good enough um, <laughs> and, 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 you know we 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 actually do you know what and I said this I said this the other day to somebody I said talk about earlier on when I was saying I need to take my own my own advice sit back you know maybe think about what's good in your life have a bit of gratitude we live in regardless of how bad you think our economy is we still live in a pretty strong economic We're privileged. Country. We yeah. have the we have the, the the financial capital of the world, which is London, um, and I'll fight anyone that says otherwise, particularly them New Yorkians um, <laughs> who think it, you think it's bloody New York. How stupid have you got to be to think it's New York? Um, we we are compared to a lot of countries in the world, very politically stable. I mean, we don't have a dictator. You know, we are a very we have a very stable stable economy comparatively the very idea, stable but not a dictator yeah we don't have a dictator we have we have rishi who, who dances at parties i mean <laughs> come on um we have a strong property market which generates lots of international interest which brings money into our country you know we are we are free as ind individuals to live our lives you know practically ha how we want as long as not we're not hurting other people you know we live in a bloody awesome country um and i think a lot of people forget that and it, it could be a hell of a lot worse and when i see you know I, I have clients believe it or not i talk to some clients and i get on the phone to them and they're like yeah well you know i, I grew up in i grew up in nigeria and i i had to swim swim here and, and now and now i own you know five million pounds worth of property and i go that's bloody endeavor yeah. if we could get that into you know, some of those people that take to Twitter to moan about the government because, you know, they don't give free milk at school anymore or some shit like that. I just that's what that's what pisses me off is the lack of gratitude for the country that we live in and how fantastic an opportunity we, we live in a, in a society and in a time where 
if you are born into the lower classes you can die in as as one of the richest people in the country yeah. if you apply yourself and if you do the right things um and solve enough problems for people and again I'm getting into soapbox territory and I now again I'm sorry I love it. it's <laughs> it just it just annoys me I just think you know we we do live in a fantastic country and a fantastic society um and on the whole you know, we ain't got it too bad. And, and I think we should remember that sometimes instead of just constantly going for the throats of the people that are meant to be out there, you know, helping us and, and helping society get better and better. But Amen. there we go. You can Amen. Amen. <laughs> you ever thought about politics, Sam? I think you could actually... Uh... Absolutely not. Are you joking? <laughs> are you joking? No. Well, I think I think at, at that point, we should kind of call it amen for, for this episode. Oh, man, um, I was just getting into that. I know, I know. Um, unless you'd like to do a game of episode roulette, Miss Lightfoot. Uh, we could do. Uh, I just don't feel like we've gone down that. It's okay. So here was the thing. We started with, we were going to do the whole traditional property jam special where we're going to ask Sam what the human mm -hmm. side of property was for him. Has it changed? Does he have a question for us? And episode roulette. We've done none of those things. So it, feels, it would feel a bit weird if we did episode it's roulette. Because it's true. It's true. That's what well, the thing is, we, we gave it. him a soapbox at the beginning and um, right. we, we weren't able to get it back. It was a bit slippery. Yeah, you know what, Sam? I, I mean, I know we said we were going to go for a beer, but after today, if it's going to be like that when we go for a drink in the spoons babe i think nah. for, uh, maybe for the first couple after the third i'll, I'll, I'll chat about anything you like Excellent. after the drag, third shot drag race It'd be drag race drag race It'd be a lot of drag race um I'm, I'll, we'll do a makeover It'd be great perfect right, well uh, um, yeah um, i mean I, well it's just been halloween i had a bit of black eye makeup on for a halloween i thought i looked quite fetching actually absolutely. and you saw my bandages from operation and how awesome that looked so i mean yeah. Great. I mean, I'll, I'll just bring out the old bandages. We'll meet up in spoons, and we'll just make a make a night of it. Sounds great. We'll, we'll make spoons a we'll make an amazing Monday night of it. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you can come you... if you want. I'm all right with you. You get you can keep your spoons and you use bandages. Yeah. <laughs> no pleasing some people was there really? I mean, there is no pleasing some people. I told you, didn't I? So rude. So rude. <laughs> Niall can come. We'll we'll invite Niall. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. As long as he's got rid of that horrible disease whatever he's got yeah, at the moment. We'll make sure he's disease free, free, free I, I think i think as long as you don't kiss him you'll probably be fine well on that note i'll say thank you very much for listening to this episode of property jam i have been mad baker thank you goodbye <laughs> that's a goodbye from me <laughs> and, and last and but not least it's a goodbye from our guest unless it, unless it's not a no which which is a hello <laughs> <laughs> oh no if only you were jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on the next, next episode, episode.